welcome to another episode of Living the Life Podcast. I am your host, Juanaka Tessie. I am just so excited to just tell you guys how happy I feel making it to four seasons of this podcast. This means I am really close to hitting the 100 episode, which is quite possible. But keep in mind, when I started this, I didn't even know I had it in me to make it this far. So I am so grateful to anyone who tuned in, downloads it, sharing it would be such a great part to market this podcast and anything helps, right? I'm also open to any type of sponsorship. I'm open to any type of networking or um, just anything helps with this podcast. So thank you. I'm always grateful, always happy to share the knowledge that I have concerning setting goals that are big or small, how you can do that consistently. If you have finance questions, if you have career questions, this podcast was created to contain those topics so that you don't feel like you're trying to go out in this world and do it all by yourself. We've I've had amazing guests come on this podcast and I'm just so grateful that they shared their knowledge and you know it's it's what this world is about having knowledge being able to share it with other people and learn from them so before i start this week's conversation i do want to thank marcus for providing the show tune that you hear every time you tune into the podcast how great it is that i when i first linked up with him through his mom on facebook I said that I love coffee and he made something that just feels like you're sitting there sipping a good coffee on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. And I'm just grateful for that and just grateful for anyone that has made this possible. With all that said and done, this week's conversation is focusing on the B word. And I know you're saying, what could Waneka possibly have for us this week that starts with B? And that's going to be budgeting, right? Now, I get it. You know what? I used to hate budgeting. Like, I'm not even that person that has millions or it's going to have like all these exuberant amounts of things to budget for. I try to keep it simple. I've had, I've talked about my podcast in the past that I'm a minimalist, not in the past point where I have nothing, but it's like I limit all the things that I feel like are necessary or very opulent because I feel in this world, you really want to spend more time experiencing it and doing the best you can for people through volunteering and mentoring. And I find that those things hold people to working forever or working so much that they don't give back to their community. And you know what? You can fight me on that. I get it. Now, and if you're a millionaire and you can afford nannies, cooks and everything so that you're not tied to your stuff and you're so able to give back, kudos to you. Unfortunately, the 70% of people in this world are not like that. So if they're working to obtain a lifestyle that looks like they're almost living in a mansion, they have to always be working 
Um, otherwise, they're going to lose all those dreams. So that's why I'm a huge fan of living a very minimal lifestyle. Um, I basically get the things that I can afford as an individual versus getting things that I think other people should be telling me to get. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be you and your budget. And if you have a significant other or a spouse, it's going to be you and their budget. It's going to be you and whatever financial difficulties they came in with or lack of financial control, financial spending control. And that sucks. Like when they hold people who divorced or left their significant others, cheating was a big factor. But it wasn't even number one. It was always um, something doing with finance, which was weird to me at first because I'm like, wow, people really don't mind if their spouse steps out on them or whatever the case is. And I don't think that was the reason. It's just if someone financially burdens a family in such a way that it's harmful, it's really hard to recover. Like it's extremely hard to recover. Just think of it yourself as an individual right if you owe five thousand on your credit card and you work a very uh, minimal job there's no such thing as a job doesn't provide but if you're working just enough to get by do you know it's going to take you so long just to pay that five thousand dollars back on your credit card even though you think oh maybe i'm making thirty thousand a year and it's just five thousand that i owe on my credit card some people actually keep $5,000 balance on their credit card for two to three, four years because they can't pay it back, right? But you can spend it and buy things really quickly on there, but it can take you anywhere from two to five years if you don't make a lot of money to pay them back. Now, you can even, like I worked in banking for years and I will tell you there were people who made six figures there were people who brought in loads of money and they were always in debt in, with their credit cards. They could owe $30,000, $40,000 in debt in their credit card and they'll have multiple credit cards. And you're asking yourself, you're saying as you're listening to one that talk, you're saying, well, that's impossible. If they're making six figures like three hundred, four thousand, four hundred thousand a year, how are they not able to pay $30,000? It goes back to the same analogy of making 30000 a year and you can't pay for that 5000 It's the same thing, right? You may think, oh, it's just 5000 or it's just 40000 but I make, but things come up. You have your mortgage, you have, if you rent, you have rent, you have school um, fees, if you still owe student loans, if you have medical um, things to take care of, if have you ever gone to the dentist? I've gone one time and just one thing was $12,000. And that's uh, uh, if you're doing like, I don't know if anyone knows where they, I don't know why the name, implants, right? Those are a lot of money. So if you factor all the things that could happen in life, you find out how very easy it is for you to get trapped in debt and always owing on something, right? And there are people who they have to drive the latest car. My goodness, like if Fred Flintstone sold me a car that I have to drive with my feet and he said that's $2,000, I'll buy it. I don't care. I'm not a huge fan of cars. I If there was a bus every place or a train, I don't love really driving. 
Um, I don't love the maintaining of cars. I don't like, my car doesn't have to be flashy. I just need it to get me to work and back. Vehicles depreciate. I just don't see the value in spending so much money on vehicle. It's just not a thing I'll ever do. But there are people who they have to get the latest vehicle. They have to get the blitz and the glam on their vehicle. And that's fine. More power to you. But if you get something like that and you're, car payment is like 1500 a month, which that's some people's mortgage per month, right? And then like, say if you're a person that's making 400,000 a year and your mortgage is 12,000 a month, right? And now you have a $1,500 vehicle and then your spouse also that, it all adds up. And suddenly that 40,000 becomes so overwhelming and it accumulates interest and they carry it on to the next year and the next year and 40,000 becomes 43,000 and so on and so forth. I say all this not to scare you. I say all this to tell you it's very possible to be in debt. Though no matter how well you plan, it's very possible to be in debt at any point of your life, especially, especially living in the US, right? So, the reason I'm such a huge proponent of budgeting, especially now, budgeting does two things, right? Well, it probably does several other things. Budgeting lets you track what you're spending and lets you plan how to spend certain things in different scenarios and makes you be really honest about what your take-home pay is, right? You always imagine, oh, maybe my take-home is 5000 a month, right? When you break it down to hopefully... Uh, I'm going to tell you guys on this podcast, please invest on your 401k, your pension plan, put away. I always do 6%. Like It doesn't even matter if I was making 20,000. I, I try to put as much as I can and I would work multiple jobs, right? Always put something aside. And then you take taxes out and you take insurance out from your work, like your dental insurance and all those things. That 5,000 a month can become moved 3,900, right? And then if you have your mortgage, every kind of expense, like, so you want to be truthfully listing all the things that you really take home. And then you want to now look at where your money is going in terms of payment. And someone can swear up and down and say, you know, Waneka, truthfully, I budget and it all goes to things that make sense. And I said, perfect. Then you shouldn't be having any issues, right? You want to get to where even if you're not making a lot, you want to be able to safely put away $300 a month, right? Like say all I can make is $48,000. And I'm using my example because when people talk to me, they think I make a lot of money. No, I just know how to stretch money, right? And if you ever look through my taxes, I have no shame. I have never made more than $69,000 a year. So let's stop the cap. Let's stop with the, oh, you know, she says all this because she probably makes three figures. I've never, because I usually work in nonprofit sectors. Even when I worked in banking, there were usually credit unions and those don't make a lot. And I purposely have this um, fear of money, not a fear, but more of like, I don't love money. I just need money to do the things it needs to do to help me and help me help other people. But I don't want it to be all consuming because we all have vices and I think people who have so much money and free time tend to really amplify those vices and get themselves in trouble. So I, I, that's why I like to maintain a specific level of earning 
uh, and I'll be okay. A lot of my other things that I do is I like to invest in like maybe property or uh, investment like mutual funds. So that's where I put things away, right? But in terms of me as a person, I don't hold money. It's just not a thing that I, I want to ever say, oh, I have thousands with me at this moment because I don't want it to ever tempt me to where I'm using it not for the good. And that's my personal opinion. And you can be different. Remember, someone who has millions of dollars can manage their vices. I don't want to know what mine is. So anyway, that's a different conversation for another day. So I'm using my income as an idea of what you need to be mindful of when budgeting. So if you say, oh, you're making 50000 a year, make sure you put on your budgeting what your take home is after taxes, after putting it away in your 401k, then list that specifically. Then use that as a gauge for once you've paid your mortgage, what your telephone, internet, all those things, list those things, list the things that you can be putting away your mutual funds or your investment, and then list the ones that you are putting into your savings just for like in case your car breaks down or in case you had a bad month at work. You want to have a separate savings for that, right? Once you're done with that, you also want to be truthful about your Amazon purchases. So I use Amazon because to be honest, that used to be where my income would drain, would be drained. And you're saying to yourself, yeah, I don't make a lot. So that's probably, it. I get it. We may lie to ourselves, right? Start looking at things that you're wasting money on. And by waste, I don't mean just buying a crocodile just to waste money. But when you look at things that you bought over the past that you no longer own, right? But you keep rebuying them and you give them away. To me, that's waste. And what I mean by that is there's some pieces of clothing that I've donated over the years. And now I think back about it and I'm like, could have bought that sweater at Goodwill for like $5, but I bought a $50 sweater that I eventually donated, right? So there were things that I had to really talk myself and say, is this even practical what you're doing? And once you start to have that honest conversation, your budgeting starts to make a lot more sense. So it wasn't that money was disappearing and it's like, I need to keep making more because I'm not making more to put in savings. It was more of like, wow, I'm really wasting a lot of money buying things that, oh, I saw on TV or I thought was practical, but it wasn't practical after, you know, like I, I have this thing that does, uh, it carbonates your water. And I thought, oh, this will be so cool for me to have. Well, I don't ever use it. And that was $150. And I'm being very frank and clear to myself and saying, what was the purpose of that? You don't use it. It's not useful. It didn't work the way it's intended. Now it's past the point. I can't even return it. It was 150. And then I accidentally left my vehicle in a pavement that the city was paving one time. I didn't move my car. They even came to my door to knock and let me know. But I was so out of it because I was sick. Told my vehicle that was $200, $300 to get it back. So there are things that we can avoid that is really hurting our budgeting ability. If we're honest to really say, you know what, that's on me. 
this one I did it, right? Emergencies, hospitals, that's not you. Unless you do dumb things like they tell you don't jump off this and you do, yeah, that's on you. But if you get sick, you need um, emergency service, that's, we can't, I can't even, no one can plan that. I don't care about these people say, oh, I'm so healthy. I'm, no, you cannot plan a medical emergency. That's just, it's life. We can have the most perfect run of budgeting cleanly and then bam, there's an emergency that takes us to the hospital. And yeah, I had that happen in 2020 and that was $5,000 that I had to pay. And that's with insurance. Um, so let me just be clear. Those are just things we cannot control sometimes. But the ones that we can control, let's have an honest conversation about that. Let's be very frank and say to ourselves, what are things that I can minimize spending? What are things that I no longer need to keep buying? And budgeting helps. It helped me a whole lot. Another thing you want to consider, if you find yourself um, spending excessively for random things or you are impulse buying, right? And you might think, oh, I'm just impulse buying because I'm stressed. I want you to really assess what's going on in your life. What's, what's bleeding in your life? Because that impulse buying is trying to alleviate that like a band-aid, but it's not curing whatever it's bleeding in your life. And you need to address that first. And budgeting is going to help you say, okay, if I'm always at this particular store, or if I'm always doing this particular thing with money that's wasteful, what's going on? Talk to yourself. And if you have to consult with someone that's licensed therapist, talk to them. What's really going on? Find that first. Are you maintaining a decent schedule? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating right? All those things go in line. I'm not even kidding, right? Figure that out because I'm going to pretty much tell you if you can figure that out, you're going to figure out your budget. You're going to figure out why you're wasting money. Another thing you want to consider is if you are an emotional eater, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, some people are going to hate me for having this conversation. And again, I'm not here to medically diagnose. That is absolutely not what this podcast is about. But if you're an impulse eater, that's eating away at your money. I don't care what you say. DoorDash is eating away at your money. I want you to help the service industry, but I also want you to help yourself. So be truthful about what you're doing in terms of food consumption. It's, it's really hurting you. And once you put a budget and once you figure out what's going on internally, you're going to manage your budget and you're spending so much more. You're just going to come back maybe a year later and be grateful you took those steps, right? Another thing I'm going to recommend for someone, unless you make a lot of income where you can always put all your bills, I used to be able to do this, put all your bills on your credit card and then pay it off every month. That's perfect. It builds credit. It um, keeps your line of credit open. They know you're a responsible spender. It could also hurt you too because they're not seeing what you're able to do when you have to carry loan on you. They're just saying you pay it. So just be careful. I know that sounds weird. They're like, oh, when I'm paying my thing off, why are they penalizing me? Why doesn't it improve my credit? Well, you're telling them that you can pay back what you have, like you have money to pay this. You haven't shown them what it feels like to have a loan 
that you're consistently paying on for long periods of time. So that's why sometimes that's a gray area. But if you're able to do this perfectly, when you are starting to really budget and focus on saving money, I need you to do this thing, right? Switch all your payments to your debit card. Only use your debit card for your payment. And this is why I'm saying that. You want to be able to tell yourself, okay, all this money in my checking account, they're going towards bill. Because if you leave it in your credit card, your credit card is paying for your monthly bill that is like lights, phone, everything you need. And now you are using your money to buy excessive things like clothes, things randomly that you don't need. But when I switched it to where it's in my debit card, I'm like, oh, I can't touch this money because that's paying for my monthly services. That has helped me so much. And I highly recommend if you take nothing away from this conversation with this podcast, take that away. Switch it to either just paying with cash. Some people do the envelope stuffing. Perfect. If you can do that, more power to you. It just means you have to go to the bank, pull the money you need, make sure you really budget. Um, I took all, all the credit cards out of my Apple Pay. So my Apple Pay is linked directly to either just the cash card, which means I have to load it with cash, or my debit card, which means I know that I don't have enough to overspend. Those two things have helped in terms of Apple Pay. Um, but if you are an envelope stuffer and it works for you, keep doing that. And if you are a coupon clipper, keep doing that. Don't let anyone shame you out of anything that helps you achieve your budgeting goals or your saving goals. Keep doing what you're doing. I want you to know that medical emergencies and helping your family, feeding your children, those come first if you have people to take care of, supporting people. Do not leave here and say, no, we were not going to the hospital because we're saving. That's BS. Please do not do that crap. But I'm talking about things like wasting it on money, buying a $1,500 a month um, car loan when there's clearly $400, $300 car loan you could be using, right? Um, buying vehicle for cheap. All these things will help you keeping things maintained versus having to always replace them. Reading your mail so that you don't get your car towed because the city is repaving and you forgot to move your vehicle. All those things you can you can actually avoid on your own. And that's going to help you with that B word, budgeting. And that is what I have for you for today's podcast. Thank you so much for always joining me uh, at Living the Life Podcast. Keep in mind that next week is the season finale of Living the Life Podcast. It would be going into the fifth season, November. Remember, it's always November to June. And then it takes a break in the summer and comes back November. Cannot wait to see you or give you guys the last episode of season four. Just some great things for season five. Thank you for sticking in there with any type of audio that I may have audio issues. Um, I'm just really grateful that you're still with me. Remember to take care of your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, your whole life well-being. Take care of yourself. And as always, thank you for listening to Living the Life podcast. And I'll see you on the podcast next week. Mm -hmm.